Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Society9 podcast. For those of you that are new to joining us, we are the brand for the fight within every woman. We make the best possible boxing and MMA gear made for women by women, um, and we're pretty cool people, too. Uh, my name is Megan Sacconi fraser and I'm the Director of Marketing and Sales for Society9, and today I'm going to be hanging out with a Society9 brand ambassador and truly badass woman, Jenny Trower. Uh, Jenny, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because nobody knows you better than you. <laughs> so go for it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Megan. Well, first of all, I'm so happy to be here. Um, and as you so articulately said, yes, my name is Jenny Trower, and I am one half of the dynamic duo that is Jared and Jenny Customized Self-Defense. So I am a self-defense instructor um, and business owner, and I live here in Austin. And my business partner, Jared, who is also a Society9 brand ambassador and who you've had on a different podcast, she lives in Los Angeles. And together, we have a company where we teach practical and effective self-defense to women and parents and children. And we believe that these skills and uh, the knowledge that we spread helps women not only show up powerfully in every area of their life and exist more safely uh, in the world, um, but also just kind of kick all kinds of ass in, in every area mm -hmm. of their life. That's awesome. Very cool. Um, so... I, I know it's kind of a, a classic question, but I always really like to hear what kind of led people to combat sports because, um, you know, on Society9's website, we have the Storyteller series. And what is really cool about that is everybody really does have their own journey. Everybody has their own story that kind of leads them down this road, um, right? I, I feel like you don't just wake up one day and say, I think I want to start punching people. Um, exactly. There's always yeah. kind of something that makes you realize that that fighter is inside of you, and that is what um, that is what leads you there. So so what, what what's your story, Jenny? <laughs> sure. Well, I love talking about my story, so thank you, Megan. Um, so I came to combat sports and martial arts. I, I really started in a traditional martial art um, as a fully grown woman. I, I did not was not the person who started at five years old in Taekwondo. I wish I had, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually came to uh, training from a really low point in my life. I had gone through a really bad breakup. Mm -hmm. This guy that I was living with for five years, thought we were going to get married, be together forever. He sort of unceremoniously dumped me. <laughs> and I found myself just really, uh, you know, at a low point in terms of self-esteem, in terms of my outlook on the future. Um, I was having a hard time getting motivated to do, to do anything but, you know, sit on the floor and cry. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I needed to find something, some activity to get me, you know, out of the house aside from going to my job and to take my mind off of things. And so close to my house, there was a, a martial arts school and I started training in something called Chayun Ru, which mm -hmm. is a Korean uh, karate system, basically, mm -hmm. that, you know, draws from a bunch of different uh, systems. And what I found quickly was that if I was uh, thinking about how sad I was, I was going to get punched in the face, right? I needed to be <laughs> present in class. Right. I couldn't be worrying about things that were happening outside of class or things that were going to happen in five minutes. I really needed to be in the moment, in my body, uh, you know, and, and full attention and focus 
on what I was doing. So it served the purpose of, yes, uh, helping me through that difficult stage uh, mentally and emotionally. And then I started finding that I really felt powerful in my body, mm-hmm. which was the first time I'd ever felt that way. And so I started to appreciate my body for not only, you know, it, you know, not what it looked like, but what it could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about two years into that, I saw a, uh, a class, you know, it was like, it was like a free ad, you know, come try a free Krav Maga class. Mm. And, uh, I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to go check that out and see what that's all about. And I, you know, spent a few years in, or a couple of years, I think in Chai and Ruin had a, a couple belts, uh, under my belt. Mm-hmm. And so I walked into this Krav Maga class. And they were punching um, pads really, really hard while Metallica was blaring on the stereo. And I thought, oh, man, this is it. I am home. I have found my people and my place. And, And I was just hooked from there. That is so cool. And so... I, what if, what was that transition like going from what I, I would have uh, – because I have no experience with with either of those because I'm a, I'm, I'm a Muay Thai girl myself. What was that like going from what I would consider a super traditional martial art to – obviously Krav Maga has its traditions and everything, but I, I would definitely consider it a, a modern martial art. So what, what was that like kind of stepping from something with so many deep traditions to something that – really is considered like a a practical application and and usage. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And that's a great question. And um, in some ways, it was a a great, uh, you know, the the foundation that I had in martial arts was great for Krav Maga, Mm -hmm. which we do consider more of a self-defense system and really not a martial Mm -hmm. art. Um, but on the other hand, they were completely different, as you said. So mm-hmm. in the in the traditional martial art, you know, we wore geese and we did forms, and there was a, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was a much different thing. And when I went into Krav Maga, I I had to unlearn my fighting stance, which was more bladed mm-hmm. in a traditional martial art than what we do in Krav Maga typically. Um, mm-hmm. Punching was different. We didn't have these in the traditional martial art I came from. We did not have these high intensity stress drills and aggression drills that are that really characterize Krav Maga training. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was very different. Um, and and frankly, it, it it felt more suited to me just personally. I have great mm-hmm. respect for the traditional martial arts. I think they're fantastic. They're wonderful. You know, I I just can't um, you know espouse them highly enough. Um, but for me personally, after that one hour of Krav Maga training, I felt that I had more practical knowledge and practice really uh, striking than I had gotten in the in the past, you know, couple of years in spent mm-hmm. in Chai Yun Ru. Nothing against Chai Yun Ru again. It's I think they're very different um, goals. Um, mm, definitely. You know, so it, it just the Krav Maga training really resonated with me. And frankly, I was not somebody I think I was constantly, you know, frustrating my instructors in, in martial arts because I could never remember the forms like that was the thing that was so <laughs> hard for me. And, mm-hmm. and Krav Maga really doesn't have any of that tradition or formality. The most formal mm-hmm. thing we do is we bow in and out at the beginning and end of class. And that's really about it. So, yeah. Yeah, so they were very, very different. Um, but I, but I think, uh, I don't know. I think it was helpful for me to, you know, I was used to working with a partner. I was used to thinking about fighting and thinking about kicking and punching, and it was just a different application of those skills. Definitely. I mean, I, that's something I was recently talking to someone else about the 
the idea that, you know, not all combat sports are a self-defense. Oh, and we talked yeah. about it actually in our podcast with Jared a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. as soon as a woman picks up a combat sport, it's kind of automatically assumed that it's uh, for self-defense. And mm-hmm. it's something that I constantly say to people, you know, just because I do Muay Thai and boxing doesn't mean that I know how to defend myself if I were attacked on the street. Doesn't mean I have a better chance than someone who doesn't practice those two Combat sports, probably, mm-hmm. you know, probably, but I don't practice self-defense, and that's something right. that's um, really, I feel like people on the outside don't really understand that, right. um, you know, combat sports are awesome and amazing, but they aren't really self-defense. <laughs> right. It's, so. it's a different It's a different application. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's so interesting, Megan. I just trained just a teeny bit of Muay Thai, which I really know mm-hmm. nothing about, but with uh, crew Mark Delagrati from uh, mm-hmm. Boston. So he was at Rutgers University mm-hmm. uh, last weekend or a couple weekends ago. And it's interesting because all, you know, it's the same. It's knees, it's punches, it's, uh, you know, it's right. kicks and everything. But he was talking about how to win points in a fight, you exactly. know, in a match. Right. And it's very different. There's no, you know, in the self-defense context and and what Jared and I, you know, are we're just teaching regular, normal, everyday civilian women, many of whom have never done a martial art, have no background in this, but they want to learn skills that will help them should they ever need them, you know? Mm-hmm. And we always tr- it would tell them and, and, and talk about that there is no point system. There's no winning. No one is going to grade you. It's not going to be perfect or technically beautiful, you know, but it's, it's, it's whatever you can do to create the opportunity to escape uh, to safety right exactly yeah no that's I that's that's really really cool so what so I know that you and Jared are both focused on working with women Mm -hmm. and children what what for you was kind of the light bulb that this was what you were really passionate about and this was you know this was the area of the population that you really wanted to focus on obviously you're a mom and Mm -hmm. you're a woman so you get to pull from your own experiences and that makes it a lot easier to connect with your students Um, but what what was it for you that kind of made you realize that this was the path you wanted to go down? You know, it's interesting. I had spent, I spent a lot of years as a student before I ever Mm -hmm. went the instructor route. So I was a student of Krav Maga and a student level brown belt before Mm -hmm. I ever went for my first uh, instructor certification. Um, And once I did that, uh, just people, I I feel like the answer to your question is it kind of came about organically. Um, People kept coming to me women specifically and friends of mine or people outside of the Krav Maga community. And they, you know, whenever something scary would happen, say there was a sexual assault in the news here or an Mm -hmm. attack of some sort. And they say, Jenny, you know, we really know, or, you know, we know that, you know, what to do in that situation. I'm really scared. Can you just teach me a few things? I'm not really interested in belts. I'm not really interested in signing up at the school. I don't want to do all that, but I do want this knowledge. And frankly, that kept happening to me over and over and over again. And I was like, okay, I think there's not only one, you know, like a business opportunity here, there, what well, there was, but also um, a real need for it. And mm-hmm. and for me, you know, I, I really enjoy teaching men as well. And I really enjoyed mm-hmm. for a long time teaching in that structure, but I found a lot more fulfillment from teaching mm-hmm. just everyday people how to be safer. And it wasn't tied to the goals of belts or, or membership or any, any sort of, the, you know, those uh, traditional things that exist within a school or studio or gym situation. Um, right. And then, and then I also felt that I, you know, I think one of my strengths is I can translate 
a really scary topic and <laughs> training and make it accessible to a wider audience of people and make them mm -hmm. feel um, successful and make them feel comfortable and welcome and um, that they can do it, kind of give them a little infusion of, you know, self-confidence and a little boost of that. Um, mm -hmm. And I, and I and I also think you know someone paid me a great compliment one time and they said that I bring a lot of joy to a really scary subject. So I that think is a good compliment. isn't that nice? <laughs> it was like the best mm -hmm. thing that anyone has ever said to me. So uh, so I I think that 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 it it just. Uh, you know, enough people kept coming to me for, with the same goal and I kept having the same results and I felt like, you know what, I'm really on to something. Yeah, I know. I know for me. So I I coach CrossFit and yeah. um, one of one of the reasons I love coaching women, um, obviously, I, I love coaching men. I I met my husband because I was his coach and I, I broke the golden rule of coaching. Um, <laughs> it all worked out. That's fine. Yeah, it all, it all worked out. So I guess it was good. Um, but one of the reasons I know for me that I love coaching women is because you really get to see women kind of discover themselves. Obviously, you know, you, you do have women that come in and they have a background as athletes. Yeah. Um, but there's something about that that woman that has never classified herself as an athlete and she's never seen herself as strong. And when you become the coach for a, a woman like that or, or a, in the case of a child that has never been told they're strong, it's so yeah. cool to be that person that gets to uncover that for them. Um, and you're in a unique position where you get to help them uncover that through combat sports. So for me, it's, you know, getting Susie to yeah. lift her, to deadlift her body weight and she never thought that she she was capable of that. Um, but for you, it's getting these women to unleash these fighters within themselves. And, and for me, that's like, I get, I'm getting jazzed just talking about it. I love that. Like, there's nothing cooler than saying to, to Susie, like, Hey, you can do this. And them saying, no, no, I can't, I'm not strong enough. And, and then proving them wrong about themselves and, and getting to see that, getting them to see themselves in a different light. Um, that's, exactly. that's one of the reasons I love coaching women. No, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm a hundred percent with you. And even though it's two different worlds, <laughs> right? It's a combat yeah. sport or self-defense versus fitness. It's the same thing. And, and what right. I firmly believe is that when women feel powerful in their bodies, and we need to remember mm. that, that for a lot of women, they have never felt that way, but right. it, it, it's like a shortcut to feeling powerful in the rest of their lives. And, uh, and I'm with you too, because we do a lot of one-off, you know, we don't have a school, we don't have ongoing programs. So it's a lot of one-off seminar sorts of things. Right. And so we regularly get women in our classes who come in the door and they're like, you know, I just don't know. I've never hit anything. I'm not quite sure right. that this is for me. And then, you know, I really pride myself on, you know, like, I don't know, 95% of the time, those same women with, you know, within an hour, like, Oh my God, this is awesome. When can we do this yeah. again? This is great. And they really yeah. get, you know, turned on to that feeling, um, which I believe lasts long and has really far reaching effects outside Definitely. of that, that training situation. It's definitely a little bit of a instant gratification as a coach to coach the women oh. like that. <laughs> yeah, man, totally, totally. So, that is that is really really cool. Um, you speaking of you do do a lot of um, corporate training events as well, and I've I've been kind of you know creeping a little on Facebook, and I've been seeing you do that. And what what yeah. is that like? That has to be pretty neat because you're you know you're being brought on by these companies that are saying we want our our employees to feel safe and empowered, which is which is cool in itself. So how did that come about? Sure. Um, 
You know, I'm trying to think how the first one came out. I've, I've done some teachings locally for, uh, like, the city of Austin had a fitness program for their employees, and I did that. And then I think that a lot of really forward-thinking, frankly, companies see what Jarrett and I offer as a great out-of-the-box benefit to their employees. Um, yeah. You know, their, their traditional benefits like medical and dental, and maybe they pay for your gym membership or whatever. Um, but having somebody come in on site and, and teach your employees not only how to be safer in a, in a physical way, self-defense way, but also, you know, with just what we we're talking about, these skills, these same skills translate directly into the workplace, into more effective communication, into more productivity, into um, setting better boundaries with, you know, coworkers and, and managers and clients and everything. Um, and I think it's the same, it's, it's, it's all the same stuff. Once somebody feels powerful in their body and, and, and that also translates to a mindset as well, it helps them in every area of their lives. And the workplace is no different than say, you know, being safer walking on the street or setting, you know, boundaries with, with people in your family or friends or whatever, um, but that, that corporate program, that's a model that, that Jarrett and I are really enjoying and we're seeing a lot of um, success with and, and benefit from. Um, and it is very rewarding, too, to have, you know, the, you know I just taught at LegalZoom, which was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And they're bringing me back for a second uh, training this mm -hmm. fall. Um, and, and what I love is they have an on-site women's empowerment group. Oh, that's awesome. And that, uh, I know. And so my event was sort of the kickoff for this program. And it's actually um, a, a man there who is um, vice president of sales, I believe is his title. But he's the one that really spearheaded it. And he attended my training. He was like the only man in the that's room. Awesome. And he, yeah, and he's the one who said, we need to bring her back. That was so valuable. And I want to bring her back and expose her to a, a wider audience here at LegalZoom. Mm -hmm. So I think that once people do it, they really see uh, the benefit and the applications for it in their own uh, industry. That's really, really neat. That's, that's, it's Thanks. so cool to, to see that so many companies are starting to figure it out. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I think it also is coming from so many things that are happening in the news that they're realizing that this is, this is an issue. But at the same time, it, it's right. nice to hear that companies are taking, you know, taking the initiative and recognizing the power that they can can put into their employees by doing so. So that's really cool. Um, I agree. Oh, shoot. I just lost my train of thought. I was going to ask you that's about okay. something else. Um, I can't remember, but I will ask you, speaking <laughs> of of news and everything, um, with yeah. all the news that's been coming on from campuses and everything, I saw that you guys recently did a blog post about campus safety, and it is about that time when people are heading back to college. Um, and, I, and I read the blog, um, but I'm not in college. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, I think, I think there are a lot of younger women who do follow our company and listen to our podcast, and I'm sure there are a lot of moms as well um, that do have, have worries about their daughters heading off to college. I know for me, I was always lucky. I always say to people, I never knew how to defend myself, but I always thought I did. So mm -hmm. I'm really lucky that I, nothing ever happened to me when I was in college. Um, but there are a right. lot of women who are not as lucky. So what are some tips that you can, can give these young women and these moms that are talking to their daughters as they head off to college to, to keep them safe and and not be as um, naive as I was, 
quite frankly. Right. Well, yeah, and this is a huge topic, and yeah. and uh, yeah, and it right, and uh, you know, and what's interesting is it the the risk is real. You so know, real. I don't like to lead with fear. Right. Yes, but unfortunately, uh, um, the last st statistic I heard, which is at this women's martial arts conference I went to in June or July, excuse me, um, but twenty to twenty five percent of women will be assaulted in four years on campus mm -hmm. within four years on campus. So that's a statistic. And that statistic has remained virtually unchanged for the past 30 years. So while there, we're getting a lot of attention around and a lot of like media coverage and that sort of thing around campus assaults, um, that statistic really hasn't changed in about 30 years, which is not great news, right? right? No, that's not good at all. <laughs> um, it's really not good at all. Um, but I think, uh, I think number one, definitely enrolling um, any college-bound uh, woman in a self-defense course, basic self-defense course, it doesn't, you know, I mean, uh, the more the mm -hmm. better, right? But I think that people can get a lot of benefit from a basic two or three hour course. As long as it's, you know, taught by a reputable person who's teaching, you know, good basic skills. Um, I think, uh, what else do I think? I think um, just, you know, for a lot of women, this is the first time that they're outside of uh, their home. It's, it's nerve wracking for both the parents and the, the kids sometimes. Um, but I think basic prevention strategies. Um, we had an unfortunate, uh, 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 tragically uh, situation here in mm -hmm. Austin at the UT campus last fall, I believe, um, but where a young woman was murdered mm -hmm. walking home from class at about, I believe, 9 p.m. It was it was late at night. Um, but I think the standard things that apply anywhere, right. getting somebody to walk you home from class, right? A lot of campuses, I urge parents and students to look into this, have a walk safe program. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not sure what it's called on their campus, but here at UT, there's a number that you can call um, and trained volunteers will come escort you from your class, uh, you know, to your apartment or whatever it is. So taking advantage of those services, um, walking with a friend, um, you know, we just, we just did a Facebook live. Um, uh, training la uh, last mm -hmm. Friday about run safe practices mm -hmm. and how to you know increase your safety while one. running. Same things apply. He yeah, you know, not when you're walking around on campus or, or just anywhere really. Not having music blaring in both earbuds in your phone, general, practicing general awareness. It doesn't mean I'm expecting danger around every right. corner. You know, that's not how I want to live my life. And so I'm not I'm not on high alert all the time because I frankly don't believe that's sustainable. You know, again, nor is it how I want to live my life. Also, I don't believe that that, you know, the majority of people are bad. Right. <laughs> I think, you know, that things happen for sure and there are definite risks. Um, but generally practicing awareness, who's around me, what's around me, what's in my environment that I could use as a weapon or a barrier if I needed to, where are the exits wherever I am. Um, I think another huge one for young women is learning to, number one, recognize their, their gut instinct, yes. what their body mm -hmm. is telling them, that internal alarm that's going off, um, and to pay attention to that. And again, that, that could be in a relationship setting, right? Like, you know, man, some just not feeling quite yeah. right um, and, and just learning to pay attention to that evaluate it based on you know is this real fear or is this you know more anxiety produced and, and getting in touch with that and then trusting it and acting on it if necessary either removing yourself from the situation finding a way to make yourself safer
So I think those are some big tips. I also think too, um, you know, if you are going to be walking or going or going out for a run, if you're living on the dorm, you know, telling your roommate if they can't, if you can't, you know, uh, convince them to go with you, telling them when you're going to leave and when you're going to be yes, back yeah. um, and checking in with them. And then also, you know, this is a lot of uh, time when a lot of uh, young people are going out for the first time. And, you know, it's not just about studying, but it's, it's going out on the weekend and having a, a good time too. And I think just, you know, employing the buddy system, staying with your friend, you leave with your friend, you come home mm -hmm. with your friend, keeping tabs on each other when you're out, um, making sure your drink is not left unattended. Mm -hmm. um, if, 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 if it was unattended and you come back to it, if in doubt, just throw it out mm -hmm. and get a new one. Yeah, it's not worth the, you know, five extra dollars. <laughs> no, it certainly is not. It certainly is yeah, not. Yeah, I'm that crazy person that would like carry my drink with me everywhere and like, I still do it even right. you know I'm like an old married woman yeah. now and I I still yeah. I make a point of I take that thing into the bathroom with me <laughs> yeah so. well I tell you what it's like I, I mean just in you know conversation with people I know friends and family the number of women oh who have had mm -hmm. something slipped into their drink is astonishing to me I, I mean just j yeah it is astonishing yeah. so I frankly I don't think you can be too cautious in that area I mean I can without even thinking very hard I can think of four or five teammates from college that that happened to oh. um, and I mean these are yeah. these are women who you know they're they're big strong athletic confident women I guarantee they did not like quote unquote look like easy targets right because you always hear that you always right. hear like don't right. make yourself look like an easy target um, and, and I think there's obviously right. some truth to that I think quite frankly that's probably why I was so safe because I am probably a really obnoxious, loud, confident person. Um, but right. at the same time, it happens to everybody. And I think that that's, that's a big thing. It's not as simple. It's just kind of seeming like you're untouchable. So... Absolutely. And well, and you know, that's a great point about, um, you know, not looking like a victim, but also when you're talking about someone drugging your yeah. drink, you know, it's like, it's like, it doesn't matter what it, your posture exactly. is or whatever. That's like the, that's like the great equalizer. It's going to take you down, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and I think that is, that's another great tip that you mentioned, um, is, you know, how you carry yourself, mm -hmm. how you use your words, how you speak, how you walk, how you move. And, and, you know, I always talk about this, that there's a real, demonstrated, documented, real relationship between how we feel about ourselves mm -hmm. and how we move, you know, and that influence, like how we feel about ourselves influences how we move, but also how we move influences how we feel. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, if you're having kind of a down day or you're not feeling so great about yourself, if you just take a second, it's that whole power pose right. thing and, a, you know, a, a, adopt a more powerful physical presence, it really does start to translate uh, and to work its way into your psyche mm -hmm. and your emotional mm -hmm. state as well. It's a, it's a great little tool. Yeah, definitely. Something else that um, I thought was interesting that you commented on, and, and I think it, it speaks a little more about the transition of, you know, embracing your power in a self-defense carrying over into your real life is that idea of trusting your gut. Um, I yeah. think that that obviously is a big thing in self-defense. I also think it really does have a lot of carryover into day-to-day -day life, like you were saying, with your boyfriends and your relationships. If something yeah. doesn't feel right, um, I think that's a big part of growing up and the faster young women recognize that, that they have the power to, to trust their gut in day-to-day -day life as well as if you are walking down the street in the middle of the night. That's a, that's a I think, a huge 
change of perspective. So, so right. yeah, go right. Go and ahead. We, I'm sorry. Yeah, go. <laughs> no, I was gonna say <laughs> ah, we have so much to say. Um, but I, I, I do feel too that that is a huge thing. And sometimes women recognize it, but they don't want to. I don't want to say they don't want to trust it, but they don't trust it for whatever reason. We try to talk ourselves out of it, right? Yeah. Like, oh, it's probably nothing, yeah. or oh, da da da. But I think that yes, definitely trusting it. Um, you know, and I'd rather trust it and go with it and maybe be embarrassed if I was wrong than in a bad situation and I was right, but I didn't, you know, right. pay attention to that. Um, and I also think this speaks to Megan, which deserves to be, you know, mentioned is that as women, statistically, we are more at risk from an assault by someone we oh, know. Yeah. You know, it may not be an intimate partner, mm -hmm. but it could be someone we went on a date with once or that we worked with at a job or we met, you know, at a party or something like that, but someone who is familiar to us. Um, and so, so I think that practicing really effective boundary setting mm -hmm. and also, again, paying attention to your gut in a relationship setting or just a, a, an interaction setting can go a long way toward keeping you safe. And of course, the other does happen too. The guy does jump out of the bushes sometimes. Right. So, we, you know, we prepare for both and a lot of the same skills translate, you know, between uh, either type of assault or either type of threat. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's, that is all awesome information. And I wish I would have heard that when I was younger. <laughs> so me too, yeah, right? me too. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I remembered the other question I was going to ask before we got on to the sure. topic of campus safety and, and just, you know, taking care of yourself. Um, something that I really love about you is that you actively pursue um, experiences and knowledge from different realms. You are super active in the community and you've been going to conferences a lot lately and you just went to one in Chicago recently, correct? Right, mm -hmm. it was in Chicago. Yeah. So I would, I would love to hear more. We talked about it briefly via email, and I'd like to hear more about that experience because it just seemed like kind of like a weekend of just badass women kind of sharing knowledge and, and power, which is really cool. Well, you, you, you hit the nail on the head, and that's a very accurate description. <laughs> and I have to say, so th this was my second year at this particular event. And, and last year, it was the National Women's Martial Arts Federation Conference. Mm -hmm. And they have an annual conference. They call it a training camp. Um, and so that was last year. This year, it was the same camp, but they merged with two other martial arts organizations okay. to have the Tri-Alliance Gathering. And so that was in Naperville, Illinois. Um, but I, I was struck again, this is my second year returning, to teach and to attend this fantastic event by exactly that. So I come from this Krav Maga world, which is very male dominated, mm -hmm. right? As you move up in the ranks, the number of women really like drop off dramatically. Mm -hmm. And so I'm all I'm used to, you know, going to instructor certifications and being either one of two women in the room or the only woman in the room of, you know, 30 guys and same. I did, I did some Eskrima training, same thing. Mm -hmm. It was very male dominated. And so when I found this conference two years ago and then again this year. It, you know, it's a totally different vibe when it's 250 women yeah. all together. And, it, you know, and, and what's so fantastic is that these women are super accomplished. So many of these women have been doing what they're doing for 30 plus years. And then you have, you know, students who just started, you know, two years ago or this year or whatever. But the, the, it's, it's characterized by this collaborative nature. And I think that there is a real concept of shared power 
and shared knowledge where it's not just, um, you know, well, I'm not going to tell you because I'm really protective of my knowledge mm-hmm. or my, you know, whatever it is, my stat, my standing. Um, but, but women really do want to help each other and help each other learn and get better. And what I really did love too about this conference is I, uh, um, I took a lot of the self-defense track, um, which are more, academic Mm -hmm. in nature. So I learned about, you know, the history of self-defense, by the way, I thought this was super interesting. This, this, uh, woman, Wendy Rouse, Dr. Wendy Rouse is writing a book on, uh, on the history of self-defense. And, uh, I didn't know that women, um, have been boxing since the early 1900s, which I thought was so fascinating. And I immediately thought of you and Lynn and Society Nine when I heard that. We um, actually, but anyway, but we yeah. actually found, yeah. um, cause so we, on our last podcast, we had LA Jennings and she's a historian yes. and she actually has since like the 1700s, but, prof- oh so, my God. but, but, but like modern day, like true boxing. Yeah. The 19, 19- it's crazy, which we never knew. And something else that she found, which I think you'll find really cool, is around that time, most of the female fighters were like 180 pounds fighting weight. They were big women. Wow. Whereas today, wow. the women that are like, you know, headliner fighters, they're all tiny, um, which there's nothing wrong with. Right. But there's definitely like an right. entire group of women that are, are missing out. And I guess maybe back then it was the other way around. So just fun facts. So that's... It is fun facts and fascinating. I find all that stuff fascinating. Absolutely. Uh, so cool. Yeah, but but in yeah, so cool. Um, in general, yes, I do try to seek out experiences mm-hmm. where I can learn um, from people who are better and smarter and know more than me. Um, I think that that's that's part of being an effective instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not only am I learning about um, you know different training modalities and the you know like the history of self defense and and teaching to specific populations. Like I also attend in this great uh, session about um, teaching uh, women veterans mm-hmm. with PTSD and all the specific uh, considerations that go into that, as you might imagine. Um, but also, you know, from a business standpoint and networking as well. So it, it really feeds into all of these things. Um, I did go to RevGear University as well mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago um, in San Antonio and, and did some great physical training in both Krav Maga and Muay Thai and some, some mitt drills, which were super awesome. Um, but yes, in a nutshell, I am constantly seeking those opportunities. So if you hear of any, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, and I, the same because I I feel like I want to know I want to know about everything too. I want to learn from people who know more than yeah. me, which is basically everyone. So. <laughs> right. Well, and that's the thing is like once you start learning about something, whatever it is, whatever topic in life, you realize how much you don't know, right? And how much more there is to know. And that's the thing with martial mm-hmm. arts and with, you know, any sort of training is, you know, you're never quite there yet. Mm-hmm. You're on the path and you're constantly practicing and acquiring new skills and new knowledge and learning from different people and taking your practice to the next level. But it's not like, you know, oh, I've been practicing my, my straight punch for 10 years. It's perfect. I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm still, I'm still working on the basics all, all the time. The time. <laughs> um, well, yeah, while trying to add add new skills and, and dimensions to my training and my knowledge. I used to always kid with people when I, when I back in my old life as a rower that 
when you first start, you know you know nothing. You're totally green. You apologize for everything. And then you kind of know enough to think you know everything, and you're kind of a jerk, <laughs> and you, you, know, you walk around with your chest puffed up, and you, know, you don't want to help the new kids. And then all of a sudden, your lack of knowledge hits you over the head, and you're back to being humble, and you realize you're a constant student, and that's when, that's when you finally start developing. And I think it's very similar in basically everything in life, but I think in martial arts, that's very true as well. So I agree. That's a that's a great uh, yeah visual of that. That's perfect. You yes. kind of come full circle back to realizing you're you don't know anything. <laughs> exactly, and you realize that, and then you just keep learning and keep exactly. going. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so the 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 speaking of learning and you know meeting yeah. people and being surrounded by people who are sharing knowledge and power, um, you and Jarrett and a few other lovely ladies are getting together in Kansas City coming up very, very soon, October 8th through the 10th for the I Am Power Retreat. Um, I believe I am coming down, I think. I think I'll be the one coming down between Lynn and I. So, Oh, my God, I'm I'm, so excited. I'm super excited. Uh, This will be like a whole new experience for me. So speaking of being a student, I will just be constantly learning and probably blown away and um i'm i'm a big fan of crying at the at the drop of a pin so i'll probably cry all the time because i like love seeing people (laughs) uncover themselves so um i would love for you to tell everybody about it and kind of where this came from when we were talking to jared i think she said that this was your brainchild um to do do a retreat and i think it's so cool um so so tell us all about the retreat you got it. Well, first of all, that makes me so happy that you'll be attending. I'm so excited about that. And you'll be in good company. Don't <laughs> worry. Lots, lots, of, lots of tears and lots of tears of joy. So it'll be great. Um, but yes, I Am Power Retreat is a weekend retreat. This is the second year we've had it. Last year was the first, and it happened here in Austin. And it did come out of um, a conversation that I was having. So I had been in, and I still am, in a business mastermind group that meets uh, virtually on the phone or, you know, Skype or whatever, um, once a month. And I had met Aaron Brown that way, who is amazing. And I, of course, I was already friends with Jarrett and working with her on some, some projects. And I thought, oh my God, you guys, let's fuse our two worlds and let's have some sort of conference event mm-hmm. around power, mm-hmm. but it's not just another women's self-defense class, right. you know what I mean? But, uh, but really a full uh, exploration of power Mm -hmm. from the inside out, a 360 degree view. Um, And so I, so I had that general idea and I threw it out there. And of course these two women are fabulous and they said, okay, let's do it. (laughs) So, you know, like so many things, it just started from an idea and then we, we made it happen. And I'm so grateful to both of them to helping me realize Mm -hmm. this. Um, And so last year was amazing. We had a, 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 great group of women from all over the country and Canada, which was super cool. And we spent two days here in Austin. And so we we do, you know, Jarrett and I do teach mm-hmm. self-defense at the retreat. So we are punching and kicking and working bear hug defenses and all these sorts of things. 
and that culminates on the last part of the last day with some uh, padded uh, suit attacker mm -hmm. training, which can be very cathartic. Uh, and in between that and within all of that, we are also doing uh, other modalities, exploring personal power around discussion uh, that that Aaron Brown is going to lead, which is amazing. Um, journaling, uh, small group discussion, also other um, like body movement modalities, mm -hmm. grounding exercises, all sorts of things. Um, this year, we're really excited to have Marcella, who's joining us from Bali, which I, I just can't even believe is so cool. Um, and she'll be uh, doing some more body work as awesome. well. So yeah, and, and, you know, we, it's so interesting. Last year, you know, we made this thing. It wasn't really a thing yet. We wasn't, we weren't sure who was going to come, who was, you know, who would show mm -hmm. up, but we knew that it would bring the right people who needed to be there. And I feel, and I think we all feel that that really happened. And I think that it was a very transformative experience mm -hmm. for a lot of the women. We've pulled them and said, you know, do you think that there are any lasting benefits or effects from your training with us last year. And so many of them, you know, wrote resounding yes and, and provided us these amazing testimonials where, you know, through the work that they did there in just two days, you know, they were able to kind of move past some things that had been blocking yeah. them. Um, so, so to really rewrite some past experiences and trauma um, and re-experience things from a more powerful position, mm -hmm. which I think is is very helpful and transformative in itself. Um, and then come back to their, you know, regular everyday lives and, you know, have more effective relationships or get out of relationships they needed to get out of. Or, you know, they found the courage to quit their job and go after their dream of starting their own business mm -hmm. or whatever. So I, I think it really did um, have some far and wide reaching benefits. Um, so, yes, we're doing it again in Kansas City in October. I think we're just about seven weeks away and I am super excited. We've had a great turnout. We do still have some spots available. So if anybody is interested, please go check out IamPowerRetreat.com. We would love to have you. If you have any questions, let us know. Um, but we're expecting, you know, as much and better as what we had last year. I know. I know I'm excited. It's, not, it's just seeing the videos and hearing some of the stories that you guys have shared. Um, it seems like it's going to be a really, really cool experience. So hopefully whoever's listening to this, if they've been on the fence, they'll, they'll make the, make the call and join us and they can watch me cry for two days. <laughs> oh, I would love it. I would love it. And you know, too, and we posted about this. We do have a Facebook page as well for the mm -hmm. retreat. Um, I think sometimes there's a little trepidation about attending something like mm -hmm. this where, you know, we are doing some deeply challenging and personal work mm -hmm. that can be difficult, you know, um, but I just really want to stress that there could not be a more supportive, welcoming environment mm -hmm. and community um, than this group of women that we assemble uh, to do this work in. Mm -hmm. And if anybody is sort of on the fence and worried about coming alone, I just want to reassure them that uh, that you won't be alone for long. Like, yeah. we, you know, you'll be working with partners and in small groups and, and a lot of uh, long-lasting friendships come out of this uh, weekend. So I just want to reassure anyone who might be concerned about that particular part that this this really is um, a great environment to do this stuff in with a really great group of women and we keep it safe. Um, we have structures in place and people in place if anyone needs extra assistance. 
So, um, so we'll take good, good care of you. Well, and I, I definitely, you know, I definitely get the feeling and, and my read on the entire situation is that everyone is going there with the intention to not only empower themselves, but also uplift those around them. So if you, you right. know, if you are on the fence because of, I don't, say you do have something in your past that's holding you back and you're worried that that's going to get in your way mm-hmm. again. Um, I definitely can tell just from what I've heard from you and Jarrett that you're going to be surrounded by people who are ready to drop everything and, and help you move past that as a, as a team. So that's pretty exciting. And I'm really excited about that. So we'll yeah. see. And I can 100% confirm yeah. that. Totally true. Yes. That's, that's so cool. Um, yeah, I can't wait. I'm really excited. And I'll probably be emailing back and forth with you and Jared over the week um, because I actually just yeah. got word while we were talking that our gold on white gloves and black on black gloves just came in. So 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 once we sur- once we survive getting out all those, those orders, I'll be able to actually uh, start figuring out how to get myself there to Kansas City. <laughs> Awesome. Well, and I and I do have to say I would be remiss if I didn't say that we are so excited to have Society Nine as our official sponsor. So we just really want to thank um, you and Lynn for all of your generosity and all of your support for not only I Empower and this weekend, but also everything that you do uh, for Jarrett and I, and also for all the women in your community. We just we just think so highly of you and just could not be more pleased and more grateful to be affiliated with you. So thank you so oh, much. Shucks. Thanks, Jenny. <laughs> well, Welcome, lady. Well, like we always say, I mean, you guys are, are truly doing work that we believe in, and, and it's it really is everything that that is the reason society and I exist, and that's for, for women to embrace that fight within them, you know, whether they are getting into a cage for an MMA fight or they're a, a mother who just wants to walk down the street and feel safe. Every every woman has a fight within them, and, and I definitely know that yeah. you and Jared are dedicated to bringing that out of women, so... We're happy to be a part of it, and I'm excited to, to see this event grow and, and continue to develop and see the impact it has on more women's lives. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Thank you so much, Megan. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, well, we are almost at 50 minutes, and I don't want to – I know right. that you're a busy woman. Before we go, is there anything else that you would like to plug um, – plug, huh? Um, is there anything <laughs> you'd like to tell our community about that's going on with uh, Jarrett and Jenny? Is there anything exciting that they should know about Besides the I Am Power retreat. Sure. Well, in addition to the retreat, um, Jarrett and I have been really hard at work on our first ebook. Ooh, so exciting. that should yes, super exciting. So we have um, we've put together an essential guide for women's self-defense. Um, available in a downloadable ebook, and that should be, we're testing and, and doing some final finishing touches on it, but that should be available um, later this oh, week. Wow. So stay tuned. And we're going to have, yeah, we did, we did another, well, we did a Facebook live event last week where we talked to, where Jarrett talked about the, um, our, our top Ren safe strategies and tips. Mm-hmm. And this week we're going to do another one where I will be teaching or demonstrating some physical skills as well. Awesome. And so I would urge people to follow us on Facebook and and, uh, keep an eye out for that. So that's the that's the next big thing that we're super super excited that about. Is, that is really cool. I didn't I didn't know the ebook was coming so soon. Well, that's awesome. Yes, yes. Well, so many people have asked. They've trained with us, and then they, they you know they go they go back and they would like a resource to you know refresh their skills or to kind of refer back right. to. And then also, so, you know, some people can't don't have access to live training, and mm-hmm. they want these. Uh, skills presented in a way that we present them. And, uh, and so, you know, we 
we've been working hard for several months on this and it's finally come into fruition. So that's super exciting. Awesome. Well, on that note, uh, Jenny, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing knowledge and experience. It's really great. I'm looking forward to October and um, I'm going to go ship a bunch of gloves to everybody. I think you're included in that, aren't you? I was just going to say, <laughs> yes, yes, I am. So I will let you to get off this call and go do that. I'm so excited to get my gloves, by the oh, way. Oh my gosh. And Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. Well, have a great day. Uh, thank you so much, Megan. I really appreciate your time and all your support. Of course. All right. I will talk to you very soon, Jenny.